wait. The computer says they try. You dumbass, I told you not to play around Uranus. Heavens to Megatroid, don't get out of the ship. The rear thruster is out. It appears we're trapped in Detroit. Perhaps you should call the Detroit police. An excellent idea. I believe I have service. Nine, one, one. These human beings are devious. It appears someone is scrapping our aluminum panel. You've reached the Detroit Police Department. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. Hey brothers, you've been traveling a lot. You look like you need your windows cleaned. No, no, get away from the windshield. We don't have any cash. Yes, come on brother, you're making it worse. You're fucking it all up. Where the fuck are the police? You've reached the Detroit Police Department. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. No bullshit! No bullshit! Comic let's just did breaking news. Dub or bullshit. Dub or bullshit. No bullshit. Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, May what? Twenty seventh. Close enough. Yeah. Oh, is 20, it? No, it's twenty seventh. Man, dude, what you in an alternative universe here? That's what we're about. Twenty twenty two. Karen, they are among us. Aliens are among us. You believe that, don't you? Look at that. She's meditating. I believe that, Charlie. You believe do. it every day. She does. Yeah, you do believe I do. It. Yeah. And I'm not talking from the southern border here. I'm talking interdimensional travel. Yeah, I believe it. Um, Thanks for I'm that a, input. I'm a tougher sell. <laughs> well, don't worry, because guess what? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We have a former CIA intelligence officer who's been tracking these things mm. and had personal experience with these things in his 25-year career. Mm. He says they're out there. Now, you might like our intro a little bit, right? Yeah, loved it. All right. So what's up with the fucking police? Not even an alien can get help. Not even superior life form can call the police department in Detroit and get a cop to show up, much less being a business owner in Greektown or downtown. Again, it's, you know, not to be funny, but to bring it to a real place. Buffalo, Dalvey, Chicago. The violence is too much. It's, it's, out of, it's out of control. And nobody's even paying attention to our backyard, the violence capital of America. It's like it's normal here. Yep. Is this correct? That is correct, Charlie. It has been normalized to the point where we don't even respond anymore. It just be, it's it's a part of who we are, and we just go along like it's just no big deal. 
So we're up, we're down, we're left, we're right. That means right down the middle. Thanks for being with us. Speaking of police, former chief of police, James Craig, has been kicked off the primary ballot for governor in the Republican Party. As we told you before. Three weeks ago. Yeah, 10,000. It's been ruled that at least 10,000, 11,000 of the signatures he turned in were fraudulent. Not only Craig, but the next front runner, quality guru. (laughs) My man. (laughs) Perry Johnson, who's burned through millions of his own money, only to be made fun of for his hair. Oh boy, was that worth it? Parchment type skin. The guy looks like a mummy. (laughs) Type skin. Quality guru getting kicked off because he didn't do quality on his signature. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of irony there. Karen, you love that guy, right? But but you know what? Let me say this though. We always say that we don't want politicians, or you know, we want somebody different than a traditional politician. Politicians know how the game works. They know that people are going to trash your literature. They're going to forge your signatures. People that are in the game, that are in politics, they know who to engage, what to look for, and how to do. So, you know, that's that's the, the, the both sides of the sword. People that aren't in politics don't know how to navigate all of the landmines. That's exactly yeah. right. And we bring them to you on this program because the, the Republican and the Democratic operative that took these people out, were on this program, so you knew it was coming. Not only did Johnson and Craig get taken out, three lesser lights on the Republican ticket were taken out. Now, it's important to say the Board of Canvassers, ultimately, you know, the certification, we all remember that. Sure. Certification. It went down party lines. Two Democrats voted not to put them on the ballot. The two Republicans, acknowledging the fraud, said, you didn't go through every signature, so we can't really do it. It's all going to go to the courts, Supreme Court. And when is it needs to be decided by what? Like June 3rd? next Friday. That's, uh, that's next Friday. Not much time. That won't happen. Now I I know talking to the people in the long black robes in this state. You know, yeah, the higher ups. Supreme Court of Michigan has cleared the decks, waiting for okay. these people to show up next week. That's good. They should. And this is according to them, not me. This is like your judges, your very high judges, saying they're not going to win. There's, because the onus is on the candidates to prove that these things are legitimate. See, the Board of Canvassers got two Democrats, two Republicans. It takes a majority, three to one, yep. to put somebody on the ballot. It was two to two. The Republicans pushed out because, you know, I talk to people. They know. I'm not going to say who I talk to, but you can figure it out. <laughs> They know. Tell us, Charlie. I know. I talk to them. What a them. You know, this shit's fucked up, but it's so easy in America today to kick the can, right? Now you got the Republicans out there saying, this is a democratic scheme to suborn the people's will and we should be put on the ballot. No, you shouldn't. You didn't do your fucking work. The candidates did not do their work. You hired them, too. And this is the process. You want to run... I'm sick of these political parties playing us, Karen. Like, you know the process. This process is as old as dirt itself. And now, all of a sudden, in this modern era, none of the process is fair. You want to be my chief executive. Fuck you, man. You maintain the process. You don't tear it down for your self-benefit. 
I agree, Charlie. That makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it, it does. But, you know, when you start talking about a process that has existed for so long and we keep getting people and outcomes that aren't productive or beneficial, then, yeah, I mean, there should be some change. But at the same time, you've got a structure that prevents the permeation of any change or anything new. So it's like it's almost self the whole process is self-defeating. What do you mean? I mean, I you know, no, that's smart. I mean, I want some more out of you there. Like, well, I'm why just, is I'm it self-defeating? The, the, the more things, they, they're not going to change. And the, and, the, and the opportunity for change and the opportunity for something new doesn't even really exist. I mean, it, it just, it's exhausting. I'm sorry. It's, but, it it's, just, but it's worked forever. Yeah. Why all of a sudden now doesn't it work? Well, because, Charlie, I mean, people have... As usual, they look how to exploit or navigate uh, a system to their benefit, how to circumvent a process to their benefit. I mean, that that's that's the American way. I mean, how, how do we how do we make this better for me? I mean, that's just how it is. And that has part of what has gotten us where we are today. When we had those two guests on that were challenging the signatures and you I thought this is a really good question. Why are we still doing it this way to get signatures? And I thought the answer was even better because it really shows your organizational skills, your management skills to get signatures on a ballot. It's that simple, which I, I thought that was a pretty acceptable answer. That's a good answer. But like for whom, Mark? I mean, like what audience is, do they have to go to that theater for? Is it for the me? Voters. Yeah. Is, I mean, I don't really care. I don't, but this I, is the thing. There, wait, 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 wait. I don't even care. I didn't even know the process till it fucked up. But there's a guy collecting signatures outside of Trader Joe's. He said, well, you sign a petition to put something on the ballot for kids, whatever. I said, sure. I went over, read it. By the time I got through, he had presented at least another six different, you know, petitions because they get paid by the signature. So, you know, you may have to look at, you know, how it is, I guess, what the benefit of the person that is out getting the signatures, because now they're thinking the more signatures I get, the more money I get, regardless if those signatures are authentic authentic or not. So, you know, can you still take that same process and try to make it less foolproof? Maybe, maybe not. But I told the guy, I'm like, I'm not going to stand here and sign 15 different petitions. I don't have the interest. I don't have the time to read them. I don't care. So no, I mean, but it was the whole, Hey, what about this one? What about this one? I mean, so their incentive is different than the candidate's incentive. The candidate is trying to get somebody to support them on the ballot. The person getting the signatures is trying to get as many as they can to get $20 per sign. Other candidates managed to get it done. Right. That's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe they did. I think somebody would challenge because everything was strategic Mm -hmm. in terms of let's pick the top. That's what, you know, that's what the Democrats were doing. Right. Let's pick the sure. top candidates and take them out. So now you got this waff of conspiracy floating around. It, basically, let me tell you Republicans something. The Democrats just wiped your ass up here. Nobody even challenged Whitmer's signatures. True. I didn't even hear a challenge. Nobody filed one. Get in the game. That tells you how broken the Republicans are in this state. Now I got some breaking news. Oh. Exciting. I have this from multiple sources with close and internal contacts with the James Craig campaign. Ooh. The chief. He's out on his ass. But the chief said yesterday, after he's thrown off the ballot, that he's taking this baby all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. 
Well, what the chief was really doing this week, according to these unimpeachable sources, was sniffing around the Tudor Dixon campaign, asking to be on the undercard. <laughs> Could I please possibly be the number two, the lieutenant governor? Hmm. Think that's so fucking weird. It is weird. It's and, a, and fucked it's a, up. It's kind of a smart play. He's trying to save face. The word I got was salvage. Salvage, yeah. All right. It's interesting. I know. I wonder how that was received. That, that is ridiculous. This is the front runner who can't run anything, Karen. And then he's shopping around for a face saver, which my th my thought is he'd be pretty good. Pretty good attack yeah. dog. He doesn't got to work a lot. He just got to hit the governor a lot. And, and sure. well, if, if in fact he, if he was indeed the front runner as, um, you know, some Every of the polls poll showed, indicated, <laughs> yeah. then, 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 then structurally the Republicans would engage him to be a Lieutenant governor, regardless of whether or not he was kicked off the ballot, depending on how he fared in the primary. So, you know, again, that's, that's all political structuring. It's something that's normal. It happens. I mean, you saw it in the presidential um, election Two, three of the people that, where presidential candidates ended up working for the sitting president. I mean, right. it happens. Yeah. I mean, that's the game, right? But it yeah. is so interesting that before this process even plays out, they they know. You're dead in the water, dude. You know that. But you're going to court and you're going to play shadow puppet theater with everybody. Seems to me, if you're looking to find a job, that you shouldn't play both ends of the stick. <laughs> you either accept the process like a true executive right? Or you go it alone. Don't play it both. Now, it's important to say, I called the official campaign channels. I got to call you back is the response I get. I don't get called back, hmm. right? I asked for the chief to be here today. This is the place you got to go, dude. Not, not the local Lansing shows or Detroit shows mm -hmm. or Grand Rapids. Shows. This one, Karen, because the queen of the scene, right there, she knows the whole political schematic. But you didn't. You didn't get back to us. Which is it? Are you going to fight this in the court? Or if any campaign decides to accept you as the number two, are you going to go quietly? Because nobody wants a two-time loser. Yeah, yeah. If he fails with the Supreme Court, yeah. I'll tell you what. Do, do it's me, understandable. Look here. Do me a favor. They didn't get back to you at, uh, at all? Not even a no, just I nothing? I texted last night, y'all listening. I know you are. So you're, you're double playing it. I tell you what. Okay, you didn't call me back? Why don't we call the chief's bar? His watering hole. <laughs> okay. Where he hangs out. Sinbad's. All righty. You know, he usually sits at the far end of the bar where I used to sit until I introduced him to the place. And then he took my chair. <laughs> so I don't go back there anymore. It's like an, another scummy political insider in Detroit. You know, he robs the people all the time. I won't say his name. I went to the same parish as him. And I ripped him up one time because I found some money that was supposed to be the people's. Yeah. And it was Easter Sunday. And it was just the only open seat in the pews was next to him. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is some shit. restaurant at Marina. We're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. We are closed on Monday. Okay. Oh, we do not take reservations. Okay. Seating is on a first-come, first-served basis. Except for my chair. To place a carryout, go to our site. For Chief Craig, press. And select the red carryout tab. Okay. For general information, press 1. Okay, press For banquets wait, wait. and accounting, press 2. Is the chief there? For the marina, 
Call 313 All right. I know, I know guys in the area. Or press 1. For address and hours so of operation, press, one. press, press one. 5. To hear this menu. I think that's fraud. <laughs> I really think you press 1. What? More information. Oh, we're still connected. Sinbad's, can I help you, please? Yeah, hi. Good afternoon. It's Charlie LaDuff. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, what can I do for you? Who I'm, is I'm, this? Charlie LaDuff. You know, I used to sit at oh, the hi. end of the bar. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hi, Charlie. Hi. What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm looking for uh, the chief. Is he around? You know what? He's not here right now, but we do have um, the placemats and the little reserve signs set up. I can find out what time he's coming in. Mm, okay, I'll call you back. So you got the reserve, reserve for, what's it say? For two. It's just, yeah, he, he called. He probably talked to Dan, the bartender, and said what time he'd be in. Usually he's in around one thirty or 2. Sunday's 2.30. I don't know. It varies. Uh, okay, just uh, can you leave me a message? I'll be there. I'll see him a little bit later. Yeah, Charlie, will do. Thanks so much. All right. Happy okay, Memorial Day. you want me Day. to call you when he's here? Or? Uh, I'll call back. How about that? No. Okay, all right. My name is Denise. Thanks, D. Very helpful. You bet. You bet. Bye. No problem, Charlie. Bye-bye now. Hmm. Hmm. Now, in some places, they call her a snitch. <laughs> like, oh, you don't no, get, no, no. <laughs> you can't give away stuff. What a, Oh, you he, reservations. That's he got a reservation. He's fighting for his political life. <laughs> and he got a reservation in my seat. <laughs> you should go and sit on his lap. One, one thirty. <laughs> Man. Man. Wow. Well, hey. So you see, you got all got a little bit of a window here. Yeah, of avoidance. Come on, bruh. Come on now. Here's what you're gonna do. Drop the pretense, sir. Accept it. That's my advice. It's free. Me and Karen together is a political consultancy firm. This shit costing you 20 grand a month. Minimum. Right, Karen? Is that about right? That's probably about right, Charlie. That's what these firms yeah. hire for? Oh, yeah. They're, they're not cheap at all, which is why they deserve to do what you pay them to do. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a, you're right. That's well done, Karen, because in no way, shape, or form do I think that any of these candidates knowingly... Uh, accepted fraudulent documents. No, of course that not. That they didn't instruct anybody to, that they were defrauded. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of goofballs that didn't do their work. And by the way, we tried to track them down. I believe we're the only news organization that did. Yep. And they're scared shitless and they're running away and they're probably going to get charged because it's a very serious deal. Well, then they should be charged. Well, you can go to Sinbad's and charge it. <laughs> Hey, Charlie, somebody just responded that the place is going to be packed today. So people are listening. And if they think the chief is going to be there, they're probably going to set off other folks going to try to catch him. Get on uh, in there because COVID wrecked everything. Right, Governor? Mm. It wrecked everything. So get in there and spend some money at Sinbad's. Although you probably can't get a reserve seat. They don't take reservations, as we heard on the message. <laughs> True. Unless, of course, you're the presumptive the nominee for <laughs> Lieutenant Governor. Then you get Charlie's seat. <laughs> that's really funny. Well, that's a good place. That's why. Wow. <laughs> well, All right. Call me back. Call him back or else he's going to come to you. Call me back. Now, let's change gears a little bit here. Man, Buffalo, Dalvey, Detroit. I, I want to say this before. I, I want to tell you what's going on in Detroit, but. I talked to some conservative people this week, some liberal people. Here's the thing. 
I think we can all agree on this. Why can an 18-year-old get his hands on a killing machine when he's not allowed to buy cigarettes, he's not allowed to buy beer because he's not mature enough, he might endanger himself or others, and yet he can get a, an assault rifle? Why? And body armor. That, that, that happened for Oxford. That happened in Buffalo. That happened in Uvalde, Texas. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good question. Karen Why? and I are gun owners, so let's not go there. And please do not insult me with if we start putting some common sense. Just how about 21? We start putting some common sense laws in. It's, it's a snowball effect. It's going to start eroding our rights. And then only the bad guys are going to have the guns, right? Well, if we had had like a 21 floor in this thing, the bad guys wouldn't have had guns. Remember what they're trying to do in Washington about closing the loophole of a private sale between me and Karen. Mm -hmm. It never is like that. It's always somebody goes into a federally licensed gun dealer and gets it. It was that way in mm -hmm. Vegas. No, was mm -hmm. that a gun show? I don't remember the Vegas. I don't remember. But, but it was this way. Right. Mm -hmm. But these two uh, nutcase kids. Who've been on screens for two years playing Xbox death games, mm -hmm. they were able to just go get it. Mm -hmm. There were warning signs too. Youth and guns. Yeah. Youth and guns. And again, you know what I mean? I bear arms. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk. Like again, I'm not gonna tell you what to think. I can't. It doesn't work. We're Americans. But this is this is stupid. Can we try something? Anything? But you know what? After Sandy Hook, I said if nothing yeah. changes after that, nothing's going to change. These kids aren't members of a political party. They don't deserve to be caught in the crossfire, literally or politically or figuratively. They just don't. And if you don't have sympathy, compassion for children, and then seniors like we're lost in Buffalo, then where is your compassion lie? And I'm sure you do have it. So don't lose us, brothers and sisters, on the right or the left. We're, we're your friends in the middle. We're, we're like a common sense people. You know what I mean? I'm afraid that uh, we've just come to accept a lot of people dying, be it uh, old people in nursing homes, COVID in general, uh, mass shootings, or the inner city. I think it's just they become numbers and stats, and people just aren't terribly affected by it anymore. I love you, man. I, I just, it fucking breaks my heart knowing that these kids were picked off, you know, in these rooms where he's barricaded. They had their head shot off. They had to use DNA to identify him because their faces were gone. That's crazy to me. And let's remember. That's crazy. Let's, let's, it's now being, it's now out there. The authorities are bullshitting us, lying to us yeah. about their response. Yeah. That the police did stand down. That they waited over an hour for a tactical team. That they weren't at the door. That the door wasn't locked. That the parents were begging you, the guy we pay, not enough, not enough to go in. You couldn't, I'm sorry, I'm saying you couldn't find the courage. There was an original, they originally. I would, the, the mothers of these kids were going to go in. Yeah. In fact, some did. They had to be held back. So don't complain to me about like, I can't believe you're calling out a police officer because there's nobody that supports the police more than this program. Karen, me, I don't know about Mark. It's a little bit Wait, liberal. what? Come on. <laughs> don't say that. Of course they do. 
But I mean, my gosh. And then think of all this in the context. If you're watching around the country, this is a special place. This place called Detroit. You know, the violence capital of the country. It's come to us. It's as predictable as the barn swallows returning to Charlevoix. When springtime arrives in downtown Detroit, gunfire comes back in play. The shooting season runs from late spring through early summer, so we're in the high season. Now, if proof be needed, consider this. Five, five people were shot downtown last weekend, three of them innocent bystanders. The two separate shootings occurred on the same block between City Hall and Greektown. Five victims within a 24-hour span. You might remember Greektown around here. Once the magnet of nightlife in the city of Detroit and now a highly unrecommended corner when the sun goes down. It's gotten so bad that a restaurateur told me, only half-jokingly, if she can't sell her establishment, she'll burn it down and walk away. And Karen, restaurants are catching on fire in this city, right? We don't know the cause, but their yeah. comeback city, uh, a landmark a landmark restaurant burned up last night, right? That's absolutely correct. And again, this isn't to feed into a conspiracy or any accusations or any assumptions that are unfounded or unjustified, but it does kind of make you just think about the fact, especially after hearing the restaurant owner in Greektown say, I mean, this may be an exit strategy that a lot of businesses as homeowners did uh, during devil slash angels night. They, you know, use it as an opportunity to, you know, back out of deals that were no longer beneficial to them. So I, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not saying that's the case, um, but there, there, there are some things are different now. Let me say that. Man, comeback city, right? Now, look, every year since its historic bankruptcy, every year since Detroit has been crowned America's most violent city or first runner-up. Every year since. Bankruptcy, you remember, was supposed to fix the quality of life problems, but it hasn't. And if you want to be governor, you better pay some damn attention to this city. It's your biggest one. It's important. It hasn't gotten better. Violence in the public square is the stuff that routinely lands Chicago on the front page of national newspapers. And now Buffalo and Uvalde, right? Consider this. Five people were also shot in downtown Chicago on the same weekend as the five were shot in Detroit. Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot, not a big law and order person, I think you all know, immediately imposed a limited curfew on unaccompanied minors. The Wall Street Journal even wrote an editorial about it. In Detroit, crickets. The two rolling gun battles downtown did get some local media play, but it was treated with a numbing normalcy. Where's the outrage? Where's Mayor Mike Duggan? Detroit's per capita murder rate is nearly twice that of Chicago, while he pretends it isn't. The first shootout downtown occurred Friday night at a 7-Eleven when two teenagers started beefing. They settled it with a hail of gunfire. An unlucky 17-year-old was caught in the crossfire. Three teenagers. 
Detroit, like Chicago, has a curfew for minors, but Detroit cannot enforce it. That's what police tell me, since there aren't enough police. The mayor should demand it and actually fund them. The second gun battle on Saturday night was more of the same. 20 shots in a guy minding his own business, getting a free ride to the hospital. The gunman, too, was chauffeured to the ER after being shot by cops. We just don't have the boots, man, says a high-ranking downtown cop I know who exchanges candor for confidentiality. Otherwise, they're going to bust his ass back to the precinct. Guys are leaving the department for better opportunities, and we just can't replace them fast enough, he said. Indeed, about 10 officers left the force every month last year in Detroit, enticed by jurisdictions with better pay, better benefits, and less crime, and yet you, Governor, want to send me 500 bucks for groceries. Dead man can't buy no groceries. In the last five years, Detroit police funding has been cut more than 2% as a total of the city's budget. Okay? It's a why, lot of why, money. Why to, Why uh, from there, of all places? Did it go somewhere else? Don't interrupt me. Sorry. That number, that 2% cut, does not take into account an 18% inflation rate. That's called 20%, dog. Jesus. Where'd the money go? I don't know. Where's the fucking skyscraper? Yeah. Different priorities, I suppose. What, what kind of things are we doing around here? Nothing. Yeah. My, my lady, I mean, right on. And yet, somehow, less cops making less money magically leads to less crime? Yeah, right. That's what we're told. We are treated year after year with falling statistics that never quite hold up. Let me give you a, you know, time machine here. In 2018, for instance, the crime numbers were so tortured under James Craig that the FBI took the highly unusual step, in fact, so unusual, I've never heard of it before, of refusing to publish the Detroit police's crime numbers. Remember that. You're being cheated. Then last year, the Detroit Police Department claimed homicide had fallen by 4%, remember? Yeah. Hey, man, the whole country's fucked up, but we're doing something special, remember? Yeah, we ballyhooed it. Remember that, the lemonade tanks and the parade and like, mm -hmm. look at us, we're awesome. It's perception. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. What the police did not report to you was that 31 homicides were classified as justifiable. That is a citizen taking the life of another citizen in defense of his own life. If you add in those unreported justifiable homicides, then the death count in Detroit was actually 340, nearly exactly what it was in 2020, the year of Floyd. The difference was five people, a statistical anomaly, except for the fact those are human beings. A person, of course, hear me, a person, of course, has a right to defend himself. But think about it. Taking the life of another person is also a weather vane of the confidence of the public in their police force. Are they going to come? Too many citizens feel they have to take the law into their own hands. Either that or burn down their restaurants.
Defunding the police was not and is not the answer. So do something, Mayor. Do something, Governor. Do something, Attorney General. And all the federal agencies in here, stop with the stupid press conferences trying to blur the true issue. I'm a supporter of police. I'm a supporter of programs for children. I'm a supporter of education. I'm a supporter of swimming pools in the summertime. I'm a supporter of safe schools. Why don't we get any of it? Karen, you um, ran this city. You ran Detroit. Why can't we have some? It's our capital city. We can, Charlie. Oh. That's, the, that's the thing. We can, but we're not demanding it. We are allowing ourselves to be quietly intoxicated with the delivery of a very controlled narrative that controls the perception of the city and not the reality of this city. We bought into the fact, first of all, bankruptcy was to restructure, not eliminate the debt. So let's not get that confused. We reassigned a lot of our assets for this city over because it was supposed to eliminate the debt burden. Okay, but we lost a lot of our, our resources. We lost a lot of assets. But if you remember, the police department and law enforcement was never included in the quote unquote, the grand bargain. Instead, the DIA, its assets, protecting art and all those things became a priority. Everybody was so anxious for change. They were thoroughly convinced that this city was where it was because of failed Black leadership, that they bought into the promises of Mike Duggan. And they have just, the, the media, everybody, and they've just, they've stuck with it. His whole thing is that if you can't beat them, hire them. He's got tons of people working for him that were critics of his prior to their employment. And so everybody's just quiet. Everybody's complacent and nobody wants to be the naysayer which is the person that would talk about the reality of the city. You know, the, the midtown and downtown, those have always been okay. But drive through the neighborhoods, look at city services, and hey, every day there's a new press conference. Karen, press Karen, conferences Karen, are not progress. Karen. Yes. The bankruptcy is supposed to improve quality of life, was it not? Allegedly. Okay, listen, I got on the phone. Hey, Giannis, can you hear me? Yes, how you doing? Good, man. This is, uh, just called him up. This is Giannis, uh, Dionysopoulos, he's the owner of the Golden Fleece in Greek Town. Bro, how bad is it down in there? <laughs> um, I'm sure it's no secret to anyone. We had our challenges. Um, there was some action taken uh, this past weekend. Um, we saw some results. We're just hoping that it will continue. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, you got a bunch of shootings. They threw some more cops in there, and you're, like, hoping it's going to continue. How how long has that shit been off the chain down there? I, I know what you're doing, bro. You don't want to upset uh, the mayor. You don't want to upset the police, but. <laughs> no, it's not about upsetting the mayor or the police. The mayor and the police do not pay my bills. Customers do. Mm. And I don't get that anymore. And being a family business for 52 years plus, Maybe we're spoiled a little bit. Um, being in Greektown is considerably the safest district in the city. And the only district that said, hey, we're not turning the lights off when everybody else did. Uh, we stuck around for decades. And I guess we thought we deserved to keep that title. And we're lose slowly losing that. And it's no fun. 
shit's no fun. I mean, that's a historic place, dude. You, you've got millions invested in there. I'm quite sure of that. Uh, well, you you yeah. stuck it out when there was nothing down there. And I, I think, you know, I know we're getting short shrift, and it's not because they don't like you. It's because we don't have the police. And the other, you know, connected people in the trick bag get stuff first. Greektown's the heart of downtown. It's not necessarily we don't have the police. It's just, as everybody knows, the police can't and won't do their job nowadays because it's almost impossible. There's no respect. There's no respect for authority, and it's generally publicized. That, like, um, there's sayings that I've found, found myself to learn out here that I know I what it is, but it's all against the police. And it's from younger generation to even older sometimes. What's the solution, dude? What do you want? <laughs> I want what my dad had for over 45 years. A successful family business and a safe district promoting the Greek heritage and culture. That's what we know. That's what we're known for. That's what we know to do. We don't know to do anything else. And I'm not at a 40 with three kids. I'm not going to, well, I'm not, I might have a choice, not have a choice, but I prefer not to change what I know best to do. And when I invested, like you said, me and my cousin, to remodel the Golden Fleece after all these years, and we expanded next door with a Greek market bar in Greek town, like, makes no, like, a no-brainer there. And now I'm sitting looking at uh, empty seats for how many months now? Um, that is a challenge. That is uh, concerning. But what can I say? I don't know, man. I'm, I'll let you go here. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you got a friend in politics. I don't know if you got a friend in Lansing, a friend in City Hall, but you got friends here. We're with you. We're with you. And, and we'll do the best. Okay? We'll do the best for you. And everybody in this on this globe will try to do the best. Thank you. Okay, man. Good luck. Best of Charlie, listen to his apprehension. I mean, people in this city should not be afraid to speak up and speak out. And the reality you is- You heard is that? that? You heard that? Yes. They're apprehensive because they know, oh, well, he called out the city. He called out the mayor. We're going to ignore. And that's a reality. It's unfortunate, but it is a reality. People know that there's a level of pettiness and and and, and pushback that happens when people speak up and speak out. That's why I broadcast it out of a lower level, Carrot. I'm not taking <laughs> fuck that. Like they got friends here. Bring it. Bring it. We the people, the era has something good has happened. We the people are starting to see it. Now all we need to do is come together a little bit, not on everything. I like people that don't think like me. Cause it reminds me I'm not right on a lot of stuff. End the story there. Okay, we got you, Greektown. I don't know what we could do, but keep shining the light. Now I want to. I want to move right into here. I want to just give you a little announcement here. That the residents of Detroit and people from around the country will march with the Church of the Messiah to bring awareness to gun violence that plagues our youth. You can join them at the Silence the Violence March, June fourth. Next Saturday, 10 a.m. at the Church of the Messiah address, 231 East Grand Boulevard in Detroit. It's near the base of the Belle Isle Bridge. Pastor Barry Randolph, my friend, friend of the show, one of the guys actually doing, rolling up the sleeves and doing stuff. And we've been making a documentary. 
as you all might know, for the last couple of years about kids and the gun violence that happens to be in the news for the last week. It's always here, like Mark said. And I want to give you a little bit. This is a clip from this documentary that Pastor Barry is in. And um, it's got a young man in it, Tim Pitts. No, Tim, right? Yep. Who was involved in that White Castle triple murder. He gave us his time. This is Ira Todd, another friend of the show. Uh, it's really quite excellent. If you're listening and not watching, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, go to all that. Uh, watch it. It's, uh, it's dynamite. And just give her a watch here. Listen to the life he's living. He's telling you. You can get robbed and killed at the bus stop. That obviously shows you ain't got much to possess at the time. You know, you just probably got some nice shoes on at the bus stop and you can get robbed for that because people are dangerous. It's like, it's just, it's not a way of, it's not a why. It just, it is what it is. One there used to be a code, no kids. Code don't exist anymore. Just, people don't have respect for them type of things. You know, if they can't get, and people feel like they can't get you, they can, get somebody else close to you or something. And that's that's due diligence. That's more of a cause to show you that, you know, it's no code and we not playing with you. Well, you're telling me now it's, we are hunting your kids. For the most part, anything happens, happens. If you with your kids at the time and you, yes, there's no respect towards that. Since I came on the job, I've seen eight year olds shooting guns and shooting people. You know, you see the parents brandishing guns around their kids, teaching their kids how to handle these guns. In the suburbs and in the city, we have too many guns out here and too many opportunities to obtain these guns. And these kids are using these guns like never before. 500 kids have been shot in Detroit the last six years. You're 10 times more likely to be shot as a kid in Detroit than in America. Surprise you? Yes, but it's a lot of kids out here. 14, 15 on Instagram, Facebook, uploading guns, uploading assault rifles that us grown folks don't even have. And it makes you wonder how do they get their hands on it. So the kids is resourceful these days. You hear these kids say, look, I'd rather get caught with one than without one. We gotta change that mentality. People are afraid. These kids are afraid. They're not just toting guns because it's a fashion statement. They're toting guns because they are afraid of dying out here in the streets. A random situation can cause you your life. Uh, just uh, walking into the store, not even having a plan, and a bump, a look, can have a gun in your face. Have somebody chasing you out the store, shooting at you. So yeah, I got a gun because everybody else has a gun. And guess who's getting the street justice out here? It's your juveniles. It's people under 17 years of age and they're becoming the victims too, because nobody cares. Dude, you're a baller. Do you really think to go be able to get guns out of your heads? No. I want to remind everybody that gunfire is now the number one killer of children in the United States. Suburbs? City, countryside. I think we all see it. I'll leave it at that just so you know.
Somebody give me a segue here so I can. You just did. Knock out some commercials. There's no easy way to segue out of that. No, it's not, Charlie. You just have to. It's not. Okay, then I'll. I'll Everyone's affected by it. I'll do it like this. This very serious content. This interesting content. This breaking news. UFO experts. State of guns in our country. Politics. Is brought to you by our underwriters. Very beautiful people. Very beautiful people. Who should I? Who should I? Who should I go with first? I got to follow that. Um, yeah, American Coney American, Island. I was going to say because I'm hungry. American Coney Island. <laughs> they support the police. They support the community. They've been here longer than any of us, right? Yep. At the corner of Michigan and Lafayette. So all I got to say, y'all know it. Very good people. Very good food. And a safe place to take your people. Okay? And if you want a Coney kit, you go to AmericanConeyIsland.com in case you don't want to come out of the house. Mm-hmm. It's also brought to you by ADR Consultants. When you need to get stuff done, you need to interface with the government or contractors, things are behind. You need to move them forward. You got to keep a budget. You got to keep on time. You call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318. 9424, honest, ethical, smart, and discreet. Mm. Barry Lintuck at ADR, 248 9424. And of course, yep, overreaction is not a strategy for the long term investor. We've been telling you that. Neither is burying your head in the sand and hoping it all turns out for the best. Stop Googling what the Dow is doing. That's <laughs> not how you. Get in position no. for old age or getting your kids into college. or You can't, you can't time it. <laughs> no. Call my friend Luton Owacki at Pinnacle Wealth. 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Stocks, bonds. Do you move your 401k? Roll, roll over IRA? I don't know. What, what about your college savings plan? No idea. Is your company in the right investments? Is your pension fund meeting its projected return? Who knows? He does it personal. He does pension funds, municipalities. Yep. Businesses, personal. Get advice, get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. That is a good song. It's hard to end it. Maurice Davis. Everybody calls it the stripper music. What? That's Maurice Davis. I, I don't know if he's actually running for mayor of Flint. He said he was going to. Flint having problems. Flint having violence problems. Right. Mm-hmm. Something something's going good though. In this way, um, the housing market. There's some slack in it. There's slack. There's things available now. Remember, we told you if you want to consolidate debt, you call David Hall. Take the what do you, what do you call it when you have equity? Yeah, equity in your out home. of your house. Mm-hmm. You can money. You can refi your house, consolidate that debt, and get it at a low rate of five and a half. That's about what it yeah, is. Yeah, instead now. of a credit card rate of say what twenty five. Exactly, and everything else you're doing, you can do that. Or look, there's in your neighborhood, there's a lot of for sale. Huh? Four. Four, four homes for sale in two blocks. I was blown away by that. 
So you was got, it something you said, Mark? I know. <laughs> well, they probably just the they probably found <laughs> out I live it. I think it's going shirtless and cutting the lawn. Do you think that makes people move? No, that would probably get you know people to move in. They'd say, "Hey, uh, we need to see Mark and no stripper music." It just made me draw sh- the blinds. <laughs> I was dude. Say, you haven't seen me shirtless in camera. And I don't mean because you're ugly. It's just you're so pasty. The reflection of the sun. And Yo, you know, and there's a lot of paste. Messed everything. There's <laughs> so much paste. Just wash yourself, man. <laughs> No, I meant because I'm so huge. I'm so you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. You're so if people could nice be isn't it? People could be more like Mark. Be more like Mark. We need another T-shirt. Where's our T-shirts? In my garage. Where's my T-shirt? I've been around In here my for garage. two years. I still don't have a T-shirt. This show's a fucking mess. We got a thousand T-shirts. <laughs> fix the I'll shit. Fix it. We we need one to say be more like Mark. I'm gonna have a yard sale. I'm, I'm, I'm tired Shirtless. of your excuses, dude. I know. I'm tired of I my excuses, I get one more excuse, too. you're fucking fired. Really? And then you know what? Oh, I'm going to come up with one. <laughs> then there's no show. You got me by the balls. <laughs> and anybody, now I got to bring Jay back. Anybody can do it. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. All right. But listen, if you want to buy the house, you're going to need that mortgage. You're going to need it now. Call David Hall. David, take it. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. Choosing between a 15 or 30-year mortgage can be difficult which is why we offer the Modern Mortgage, a flexible term that's customized for you. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com. Okay, so now this is the guest I've been waiting for a couple of months. I'm excited to have him on. Uh, it's John Ramirez. He's a, and I say, UFO expert, but he's more interestingly a former CIA agent. John, you... You worked for the what? The CIA for 25 years in the Directorate of Science and Technology? Yeah, that's right. I was never an agent. We're not agents. We're officers. Agents are like uh, what we call like uh, confidential informants in the police force. You know, uh, a CIA is not a police force officer. An agent is not a member of the CIA. They're people we hire overseas to give us information. So I was a CIA officer in the Directorate of Science and Technology. And in the director of intelligence and also served in the ODNI National Counterproliferation Center from 84 to 2009. So, yes, it's 25 years. So you're a man of substance. You're not a nutbag. You are you know what you're talking about. Well, um, I would say that I've encountered a lot of information concerning the UAP UFO UAP topic as part of my normal day job. And so I wasn't an expert or anything. There's no one uh, at CIA, which I would call an expert in this. But in so doing our regular day jobs of intelligence collection and analysis and intelligence reporting, uh, we do come across this phenomenon and we have come across this phenomenon for decades. Now, like this month, that's why it's newsworthy. This month, I'll give you the big jumble of the bureaucracy or the House Intelligence Counterterrorism Counterintelligence Counterproliferation Subcommittee held yes. hearings, which is not normal. And even top intelligence officials in the Pentagon said that most, but not all, phenomena can be explained. Can you explain that? Uh, I, I would take it this way. Um, anytime you ask a member of the intelligence community a question, they would literally answer the question. And so when they say, uh, most can be explained. What they're not saying is the explanation. And uh, Congress, this particular subcommittee of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, the C3, uh, was uh, previously 
more immersed into these kind of, of threats. And so when they, they meaning the uh, Department of Defense officials, said that most can be explained, the follow-up question if I was sitting on, on that uh, subcommittee, uh, I would ask, okay, uh, what are your explanations? And they didn't pursue it. So explain, John. I mean, we were treated to a bunch of videotape of things mm-hmm. that don't seem to behave in ways that we understand physical science to be. So what, right. what, what are we seeing? Well, what you saw was a very poor video, the worst possible probably, uh, of the holdings by what was collected by the UAP task force, which was instituted in um, 2020 and finished its work in 2021 with that preliminary assessment. And we learned that there were 144 um, events that uh, the UAP task force uh, run by the Office of Naval Intelligence studied. And they just picked one, which was like the worst possible. You didn't see much of anything. Uh, just this object that did do some maneuvering like very fast. Um, but they explained as, oh, you know, the, the fighter jet was going this speed and, you know, this object moved relative to the fighter jet. It could have been that. Uh, but they didn't really come up with a satisfying explanation of the other videos that they have in their holdings. You, in your intelligence gathering, you're 25 years in the CIA. Are there, is there alien life visiting this planet? Um, I would take the word alien out of that and just say, are there advanced civilizations visiting our planet, not necessarily alien? And are they not just visiting or have they been here all the time? That's the part of the narrative that the Department of Defense uh, is not addressing. But if you talk to former CIA officers, and I'll mention his name uh, because he's been in the public sphere, his name is Jim Simivan. And if you ask Jim Simivan what's going on, he'll come up with two hypotheses that he believes is happening. And when he says, I believe this is what is happening, he has clearances still. I do not. So he says interdimensional hypotheses and the... um, idea that something is coming to us that we can't explain that could be interdimensional in nature. And the other is the ultra terrestrial hypothesis. And by ultra terrestrial, that is UT. These are advanced civilizations that may have been here a long time before humanity arrived. And that is the technology we're seeing. And there's the concept of something called a breakaway civilization. Now you see in, um, myths and legends of the ancient peoples that always had the gods fighting each other and one side wins the other side gets thrown out um and the breakaway civilization is the one that got thrown out uh, and and more of the christian tradition uh and the judaic tradition to go back into genesis text you have a battle between good and evil god and satan and satan or lucifer the bringers of light were thrown out, fallen. And that kind of coincides with a lot of ancient texts. So is that what we're seeing is ultra-terrestrials? People have been here longer than we have and have may have had some input into our development, into our evolution. Now, if you're a Christian, um, you believe in Genesis, uh, you will believe that God created man from his own image. Let us make man in our image. And so if you translate that into like the ultra-terrestrial hypothesis, 
That means that uh, beings more advanced than us had some input into how we turned out. And some of those beings wanted to be worshipped and others wanted to elevate us. Well, just, wait a minute, what, what, is that, what does that have to do with like supersonic machines being caught on videotape? Yeah, why maybe would they be coming back? Maybe those supersonic machines caught on videotape belong to these ultra-terrestrial civilizations that many folks who encounter like these beings um, who say, I- I've encountered these beings, I've been ab- abducted, um, always point out to these tall Nordics. And the tall Nordic narrative is something that... Um, might be associated with some of these advanced beings. Do you have any evidence of that? Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. First of all, you you, you keep saying advanced. So advanced, define advanced. Is that advanced in terms of um, to the level that we see ourselves as humans on Earth? Or is that advanced in terms of being greater, either in intelligence or capability beyond that? And when you talk about the good versus evil, are we possibly seeing a proliferation of some of that in the events that we're seeing? Is that maybe a different form of these beings? Well, I'd say uh, the first part of your question. Um, yes, that's exactly what it means. The idea that they're more advanced than humans. Okay. And they came to us advanced and they created us and we are not as advanced, but we're getting there. Hmm. And what tipped the, uh, uh, the tipping point was that, humanity discovered how to destroy itself and the planet with nuclear weapons. Um, And coinciding with that, a lot of these sightings do occur over our nuclear facilities. Um, A lot of these sightings occur uh, over nuclear ICBM bases, which was mentioned in the hearing. Uh, The Pentagon declined to address that. And the second part of your question, um, I don't know. Um, That's completely hypothetical. You'll have to ask um, a sociologist or a psychologist or someone who deals with um, the human mind and human behavior. I can't explain human behavior based on what we're seeing in UAPs. Now, reconnaissance over nuclear sites would seem to me to suggest that this is some kind of human military operation. Couldn't this be the Russians or the Chinese or the United States secret weapons program no. itself? No, and here's why. Because the Russians have complete oversight over our nuclear uh, weapons program as we do theirs. And in spite of the fact that right now we may be having a war of words and uh, a war of weapons in Ukraine, uh, the fact remains that there are treaties in place between the United States and the Russian Federation dealing with the monitoring of our nuclear programs, including nuclear missiles. So they, we visit their missiles and their silos and they visit our missiles and our silos. But wouldn't that be a reason to create a, wouldn't that be a reason to create a super machine to get around the treaty to give you an advantage? Well, they don't have that super machine because that's the job of the CIA is to look into the programs that they have in in development and their versions of 51 um, to see what is coming online in terms of an advanced weapon. And so that is the job of the intelligence community, particularly the military intelligence community, the Defense Intelligence Agency. What do the Russians have coming online that is advanced? And we have a similar type of of intelligence collection of of the Chinese and any other country for that matter. So I can categorically rule out that it is Russian technology 
doing this. Um, and if it was Russian technology, they would have completely obliterated Ukraine and no fine flat, and they're not using that. Um, so we do have monitoring of each other. And so because of this monitoring, because of the fact that when they launch an ICBM as a test, um, the Russians tell us that they're launching an ICBM as a test. And so we're there ready to collect all of the technical data and they actually exchange tapes, the data tapes, the telemetry tapes, and we receive those telemetry tapes and we do the same for, for the Russians. I see. John, I see. John are, you, are you suggesting that there, we're spending more time and money covering something up as opposed to maybe going out and finding it? Because I would think if there's these little uh, UFOs or unidentified things flying around the sky, we would maybe look for more things. Or do you suggest that these aliens, that, the way you suggested it kind of sounded like Marvel's uh, Eternals, that movie. Um, are you supposing that they're like the Illuminati and in charge of everything? Well, that, that is a, a long bridge to cross. That, that bridge has not been built by the government. Um, that's an intriguing fault, however, uh, because a lot of, I think, from the CIA perspective, um, we deal more with the consciousness aspects of the phenomenon. We deal with um, the human potential aspects of the phenomenon, meaning when people see this phenomenon, something happens to them internally. Something happens to them uh, psychologically, um, health-wise. Some suffer health effects. Others get healed of. Have of, you have of you problems. have you seen a spaceship in a hangar or uh, uh, no. an alien body on ice or anything like that? No, I have not. Uh, I have. I am what is known as an experiencer of the phenomenon, meaning I am one of the people who have seen orbs or have seen craft. But this was not in relation to my job at CIA. Having said that, what do you mean you uh, saw it in your in your private life, not your professional life? Yeah, I've seen those in, in my my private life. But to address the professional life side of the question, um, yes, I do know that the the U.S. government has knowledge of these orbs and have collected data from these orbs, which then um, became part of the holdings of information about what we're seeing. So I do know that there were orbs. Now, as far as craft, let's say Roswell, uh, another CIA officer who has retired claimed uh, in, uh, in the public media, went on uh, Coast to Coast AM, if I can mention another show, and said that he has seen those Roswell files at CIA headquarters. There were uh, craft of non-human origin and there were bodies of non-human bodies um, in the files. And he wrote a novel about what he saw. He completely made it into a, a novelization of what he saw, added some science fiction elements to it. But he has stated that if you read behind the lines, uh, this is what's happening. I'm not so it. sure. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I'm not convinced, but yeah. If there are interdimensional beings, people that can fly through a black hole from an alternate universe, should we be afraid? Well, if they wanted to destroy the Earth, the Earth would have been destroyed. Um, I, I think they're more um, like they consider us their children, quote unquote, and that they're more interested in uh, that we don't destroy ourselves. <sighs> Terrible. Parents. And that's why the interventions uh, that they have with our nuclear forces, both here and in Russia, 
Well, it could be like the Twilight Zone where we're actually like a farm, like piglets. Remember that? Remember the yeah. book, To Serve Man? Yeah. Could be yeah, that. Right. There are philosophers who have applying uh, what's known as the simulation hypothesis, that we're living in a simulation. Um, mathematically, it's kind of hard like to matrix. prove. I don't know if there's a proof for it. But again, the point being is that um, it is difficult to explain. But I believe the government has a cogent explanation of most of what they're seeing. And I don't believe the government is forthcoming in that yet because there are too many, uh, too many bridges to be built over too many large chasms that have have been dug over the like 75 years since Roswell happened. Yeah, I don't think the government would be covering this up, Mark. No. Know? You know why? Because they're holding hearings. Otherwise, you just shut it all down. Right. right. Now, I'd say that, don't forget the government's composed of three branches. And so you have the executive branch holding on to the information and not releasing it. And you have the legislative branch, uh, which we elect every two years, a new Congress. Um, wanting to release information. So you have this clash of purposes, perhaps, where one side wants to keep it down, keep it tamped down. The other wants to be, uh, the other side wants to be more forthcoming because there's two pieces of legislation. Uh, there's just the uh, National Defense Authorization Act of this fiscal year was the one that most people heard about, hmm. but buried in the uh, budget, the entire budget of the federal government, the Consolidated Appropriations Act, Buried in it is the, the Intelligence Authorization Act, which is completely different from the military side. So um, I'm getting wonky here, but it's yeah, important to consider. NDAA deals with the Department of Defense. IAA deals with, deals with the intelligence side on the civilian side of intelligence. And All right, John, John, you're getting too wonky. You're getting too wonky. This is just a regular people show. So let me ask yeah. you, just so everybody knows, you will be testifying before Congress this month, next month? No, no? absolutely not. You, I don't, don't have do nothing it. to say to Congress because I have no current information. Mm. And the people who have current information, um, that's Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon. Those two gentlemen uh, need to testify. So some total, I'll get you out of here. You know, we're going a little bit over. I gave you my word. You watched the hearings earlier this month. Some total. Did we learn anything? Are we closer to the truth? Congress is closer to the truth. They have always been closer to the truth. We, the people, are not. Um, there will be more hearings. And there will be uh, on the Senate Senate side and the House side of intelligence, uh, we saw the House side, there's also the Senate side of intelligence, um, they would be holding hearings, and on the armed services side of both the Senate mm -hmm. and House, um, they would be holding hearings, so we got one committee's hearings, but there are three more committees that have purview or oversight of this UAP topic, and I expect to have more hearings over the course of the next not just this year, but several years. Yeah, if, I, if I could ask you to take the politics out of it, take a little of the intellect out of it. You and I are having coffee at a shop around the corner from your house. Yeah. Give me the thumbnail if I said, John, what's happening? What would you tell me? Take all the other right. stuff out. Thumbnail. What is that? Okay, what's happening is that um, currently military pilots have encountered craft of unexplainable performance that are transmedium. They fly in the air, they fly in space, 
They fly from space into the air and back into the ocean. The ocean has um, a significant presence of this UAP phenomenon occurring. Uh, and in fact, in, in the state of Michigan, of course, there's several um, sightings that have occurred of craft coming out of, for example, Lake Erie and, and um, landing in Detroit maneuvers and so forth. So, I mean, it's <laughs> transmedium, it's under the water, it's in the air, it's in space. There's something flying that is not human made. And the government would like to know what's flying up there. Having and said that, there are parts of the government who do know who are not disclosing that, even to the government. And you, as a former CIA specialist, have seen evidence in your professional life and you've encountered orbs in your personal life. So, you know, you know, as a matter of life experience. That, they're uh, out that is an extremely fair statement. And they are out for there. For me, personally, yes. You, you captured it in a nutshell right there. My brother. And you said, we the people are getting closer to the truth, except some of us may not be people. Whoa. <laughs> That's intriguing. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being with us. John Ramirez, former, uh, uh, what is a CIA? Officer. Officer. Yes. And, yes, sir. And a general UFO expert. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother. And... Um, I'm gonna get your. I'm gonna get your uh, address and send you a nice treat from Detroit. A flying <laughs> Coney kit. Okay. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, thanks John. Nice meeting you. Bye bye. Bye bye. They're out there. I believe that though, Charlie. But that was a nice intellectual conversation. Good. Good mental challenge this morning. He was good. Dude's cool. And he, look, you know what? You may believe him and you may not, but guess what? He's got. I like, do. He, you do good, really. Yes, okay. I do. I really do, especially when he talked about the part about the ocean. I mean, I've read, you know, some things, but I also believe too that the government knows things that they don't want the people to know about. They just don't. I mean, but that's with everything. So whether it's politics, UFOs, the whole nine yards. But um, you know, maybe the, maybe some of those people or things are amongst us now and creating the chaos that we pretend that we can't figure out. That could be true, but then again, the CIA didn't tell me about uh, 9-11, did they? No. There's other, there's other governments out there, too, that would be happy to blab. Well, and let's be honest, though, right? When, you, when you're doing deductive reasoning, mm -hmm. you eliminate the impossible, which leaves the improbable, which ends up being true. Oh, that's pretty deep. Thank you very much. It is. Wow. Sherlock Holmes. That's Sherlock Holmes. Can people read a little bit? No. <laughs> Who, by the way, if you look at the modern movie. Yeah. Sherlock oh, Holmes yeah, with yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. Downey, yeah. Probably an interdimensional being. Oh, obviously. That guy's just too bad of the, the bone. Guy. Yeah. I actually like those. I can't sleep anymore, so I put on the new Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> they're, they're very watchable. I so. go right to sleep. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. All right, Johnny. We'll see you, brother. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, right. I got a... Karen, I think you really dug him. Oh. I think you dug this guy. And I enjoyed I, it. I, I, the, the, the level of conversation. I like having conversation that makes me listen and think. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what that conversation was. Right on. And you know what? I'm also proud of you because you are developing the cultured, decent way that I do it with people. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 get to the point. You say, we're having coffee around the corner. Just give me the thumbnail. And I'm like, get to the fucking point. So this is all great. I think Karen's an advanced being. I really do. <laughs>
I appreciate that, Charlie. I'm working on it. All right, hurry, hurry. We'll see you guys. All right.